This is the tenth voice. Kansas City's LGBTQ Plus Radio Magazine. The tenth voice, because we refuse to be silent. KFI listeners and welcome to Trans Talk, this week's edition of The Tenth Voice. I'm Fiona here with co-producers Una and Rachel today. And Rachel is also doing double duty because she's our board operator for today as well. It's very true. Everything you say is true. All at the same time. Well, I am on the radio. I have a duty and a responsibility <laughs> to our listeners to speak the truth, that whether is... it be to power or just to whoever's out there listening. <laughs> That's that's good. I like that. <laughs> it's very un-Christmas-like outside. It's kind of amazing, the weather. I thought maybe I'd woken up in Australia and was going to have to toss a shrimp on the barbie for my Christmas lunch. <laughs> that doesn't sound terrible, but yeah, I, I looked it up. The last white Christmas we had in Kansas City, I think, was 2017. So we are long overdue, and I don't think there's much of a chance of snow today. It would seriously confuse all the plants and animals if there was a white Christmas later today. <laughs> That's very true. Confuse me as well. A bit like uh, Wednesday's weather when I went out for a walk um, a week or so ago and no sign of any bad weather, although it was a bit windy. And suddenly it started to spit with rain and there was lightning in the distance like heat lightning. And I looked at the weather app and... It had gone from clear a couple of seconds ago to now having a giant thunderstorm cloud on it and it barreling <laughs> right from my direction at 70 miles an hour. So I got out of there pretty fast, but I still got soaked. Yeah, let's hear it for now casting. <laughs> yes. In previous occasions of weather in your area, there has been zero chance of thunderstorms in weather like this, but you lucked out. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Speaking of lucking out, all of our listeners out there are welcome to call the studio if they have any well wishes for friends, family, or just even the general community. Uh, they can call us in on 816-931-5534 and get to speak to our wonderful Rachel. And they can give out their messages live on air or they can just relay them to Rachel if they don't actually want to speak on air. Yes, we are soliciting, this is our, our very special Christmas edition of the 10th Voice, where we are soliciting uh, well wishes and good times and good vibes from everyone in the Rainbow community and all of our allies today. And before we get to those well wishes, we're going to have the Transgender News of the Month, and that's going to be, um, there'll be some well wishes, I mean... Like our monthly roast for J.K. Rowling, that kind of counts as a, a well-wish. And it is Christmas. We have to have a roast dinner or something, don't That's we? true. Roasting J.K. Rowling counts, I guess. And turfs roasting on an open fire, that kind of thing. That is an old chestnut. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I know. I am the queen of bad puns. <laughs> That's true. And then we're going to go to a Christmas fruitcake of mixed topics, including the well wishes that we've received already from the community and any that anyone calls in with. Our thoughts about 2021 and the year to come. And we're also, going to, at some point during the show, going to spe- share a special song by a transgender man about his transition. And it's Christmas Day, and we hope you're all out there listening to us and enjoying the day. And if you're not enjoying the day, that at least today our show helps you. 
And we're here serving you, the transgender, intersex, non-binary and entire LGBTQIA community. So, without any more ado, I'm going to bring us straight to our sister Nightshade with the Transgender News of the Month. This is Nightshade. Spending a very bright, uncharacteristic day here in the studio on the so-called Christmas Day. And I know it's traditional for Christians and others that follow that, uh, oh, I guess, cult of a person who was crucified upon this day, but to give presents. But I will go ahead and give you my own special little present. In huge local news on this December 13th, Missouri's Blue Springs R4 School District was found liable to discrimination to the tune of $4 million. That's actually real money. After not allowing a male trans student to use the boys' restrooms and the locker rooms, the student changed his name in 2010 and also changed his birth certificate to reflect his true gender in 2014 and suffered humiliation and discrimination so severe he could not even participate in school activities, especially sports. He filed the lawsuit the next year and after an incredibly long and arduous battle, evidently uh, people wanting to just drag it out as a war of attrition against him he won his case good for you young one and we're going to see if maybe we can have them on the program in the near future depends upon whoever's hosting the show then meanwhile Noted transphobic South Dakota Governor Christy Noem is proposing an entirely new anti-transgender sports bill after vetoing a bill in March due to it being likely unenforceable under constitutional issues. Gosh. Soon after that, she issued two executive orders on uh, school sports for all kindergarten through college students. And I'm unclear what force a governor's executive order has in some states it might be just the equivalent of somebody ranting on the street corner that the grays are living in the storm drains of kansas city and uh, so forth but uh, or the uh, pygmy sasquatch i guess uh, that uh, my best friend nikki keeps trying to find they'd have to be pygmy sasquatch if they were living in the in Mm. the storm drains you can't really hide in there if you're very tall yeah, I know. Uh, she's convinced they live in the West Bottoms or something like that too. And they, they, you know what? We'll talk. That's the subject for Apologies another show. Apologies to our listeners in the West Bottoms who may have met Nikki mm. when she's been out looking True. for pygmy Sasquatch. A transgender boy in Iowa has been threatened with disciplinary action if he continues to use the men's restrooms at his school for more than a year and a half. Ethan Stucker had been allowed to use the men's restrooms at Spirit Lake High School. No decision or notice had been given, and the school, in typical fashion, has issued a statement. This seems like boilerplate legalese that I will not even dignify to read here, but can be summed up as we didn't do nothing, nobody saw us, we're investigating, we can't comment. Kind of like when Jimmy Hoffa took the fifth when he was asked for his name in front of a Senate subcommittee, I believe. Uber is under fire for allegedly locking transgender and non-binary drivers out of their accounts due to misalignment between their names and gender identity and their official government documents. While Uber has promised many times to correct this ongoing problem, which we first reported on last year, they seem to be continually unable to figure out something that pretty much every other company has been able to do if they actually tried. Huh. 
Uh, transgender woman Lisa Middleton made history in Palm Springs, California after being sworn in as the first transgender mayor in the state and only the third ever nationwide. She succeeded another history maker, Christy Holsteg, who was the first woman uh, mayor of Palm Springs and the only out bisexual mayor in the nation. After her swearing in, uh, Middleton discussed the history of trans people in the U.S., talked about recent struggles the trans community has had legislatively, and finished with a note of optimism, adding, quote, for every elected official blocking doorways, there are others opening doors. And across the country, there are places like Palm Springs where the welcome mat is out, unquote. Now, a quick roundup of two world news items in Bangladesh. Nazrul Islamritu, who identifies as being a member of the Hijra community, was elected as the mayor of Trilochanpur. In a victory speech, they said their victory was a sign that society had become more accepting of the Hijra community and that the glass ceiling is breaking. Ritu is one of more than 1.5 million Hijra, third gender, transgender, and non-binary persons in the country where they face daily poverty, discrimination, and violence that I have witnessed myself with my own eyes in India that is absolutely unbelievable to our eyes and unconscionable anywhere in the world. In Chile, activist Emilia Schneider, a transgender woman, has become the first out member of the community to be elected into the Chamber of Deputies, representing the 10th District of Santiago. They are quoted as saying, quote, the far right seeks fear to prevail, but we have to make hope prevail, unquote. And now, sadly, we come to the last edition of what I call Nightshade's Blood Trail for the year, which is the recounting of those murdered for the crime of simply existing while trans. Although her murder was actually on May 19th, Chris Blehar, a 65-year-old Kentucky woman, was found shot and uh, stabbed and shot to death, has only now been identified as a transgender woman. Ms. Blehar was found dead in their residence after a wellness check. One Tyler Petty is charged with murder and will go on trial next June. Blehar was an Air Force veteran, former Continental Airlines employee, and after retirement became an Uber driver. No motive is known at this time. And on Friday, December 3rd, Nikai David, a transgender Transgender woman of color was shot to death in Oakland, California, becoming this year's 50th known transgender, non-binary, or gender non-conforming victim of fatal violence in the U.S. Ms. David, age 33, was a model and aspiring social media influencer who dreamed of opening her own clothing boutique. No suspect is known at this time. Quidditch is a game from Rowling's Harry Potter series where players fly around on broomsticks and try to score points by throwing balls through the opposing team's goals, which are a set of three rings. Harry Potter, whose position is seeker, is tasked with catching the golden snitch. Oh my god. A small flying ball, which is described as incredibly difficult to catch. Sort of like how it's incredibly difficult for Rowling to be a compassionate human being. Well, I was absolutely shocked to discover in 2005 at Middlebury College in Vermont that Benepe and Xander Manchel created a real-world version of Quidditch where players hold sticks or real brooms between their legs. I think I've seen that before. And the golden snitch is velcroed to the back of a snitch runner, and this player must elude seekers. Even more shocked was I to discover there were more than 450 teams worldwide in 30 countries for this sport. And in any event, the U.S. Quidditch and Major League Quidditch... I'm sorry, that's just... 
I've never even heard of this before, announced in a joint news release that they will conduct a series of surveys to decide on a new name in part to remove themselves from the transphobic remarks of its creator, J.K. Rowling, which has irreparably tainted their noble sport of uh, Quidditch. Whatever you think about this new sport, however, you have to admit it's pretty bad when its own creator and inspiration is cast to the wayside for acting like a terrible human being. Rowling, for her part, couldn't help resisting bringing a special Christmas gift of additional transphobia. Perhaps she was confused and thought it was Festivus, and this was part of her airing of grievances. Well, Rowling decided to rage tweet in true Trumpian style over a new article stating that the Scotland police have announced a policy of classifying rapists by their gender identity. In addition, the Scottish government is considering various pieces of trans-inclusive legislation, such as ending medical testing for those who wish to change their gender marker on legal documents. Rowling shared the article and tweeted that this was an, quote, absurdity, unquote, and included language very similar to George Orwell's 1984, stating, quote, War is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength, unquote, and completed her rant and airing of grievances with, quote, the penist individual who rape you is a woman, unquote. Well, Rowling, it's irony of jaw-dropping proportions to find you making dystopian comments about fact and trying to sound like some sort of beat poet when, in fact, you have been fully complicit as a co-culprit in creating a dystopia which denies the fact that gender and sex are not the same that rejects out of hand the basic human principle that all of us deserve to be respected and treated with equality and that spreading ignorance prejudice fear and hatred from your billion dollar bully pulpit is going to result in you and all of your so-called contributions to this world being left to smolder upon the ash heap of history as the real world moves on from you and your cult of personality rallying i have to ask you did you become so wrapped up with your in your own little world that the character Volomart became a manifest destiny for you or some sort of self-fulfilling prophecy that shambled forth from your horcrux of hatred that lay buried deep within your own heart, so obscured and obfuscated that you yourself didn't even realize how far you had gone? Or can we explain the evil? that you back with a wink and a nod and occasionally a horrifying 4,000-word anti-transgender manifesto simply by the fact that you somehow, with all of your billions of pounds and millions of followers who not only drank the metaphorical Kool-Aid but asked for seconds, can we simply explain it all by surmising that you learned a truth that transgender persons live every single day of our lives? That when you yourself have been victimized, for I by no means deny or minimize any past trauma or pain that you have suffered, but that when you yourself have been victimized, that hatred and anger and rage can give you some sort of brief comfort and protection against that which hurts you in this world. Uh, but to use a metaphor from your own books, when you create that suit of hateful armor from your own pain and anger and rage, it is a suit of armor with spikes both inside and out that not only indiscriminately harms both the guilty and innocent around you, but which closes in upon you and rends your ethics, your honor, and your very soul to pieces until nothing, nothing remains save for the blood, the tears, the shattered lives, the broken dreams, and the hopes and aspirations that you are responsible for. Merry Christmas, Rowling. May all that which you give to others come back tenfold upon you. I'm Nightshade and Jay Mahakali.
And welcome back to Trans Talk, this week's edition of the Tenth Voice. This is Una, sort of swirling in the dust left by Nightshade as she left with her usual flock of crows. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not supposed to have animals in the building unless they're service animals. Somehow she convinced us that the crows were a service flock, I guess. Yeah, I mean, crows have been known to rescue things that people have lost and bring them to them as gifts. Crows are very intelligent and will attack people and remember who it was that attacked them and harmed even another member of their flock. So I could definitely see them being a service animal or a service flock for nightshade. But I think making them come out in a bright, hot, warm day like this when she's not usually a daywalker and has very few grasps of daywalker traditions like Christmas is a little bit mean. (laughs) Sometimes I think she's just covered in crows, and the darkness I see is just the glossy black of their feathers. <laughs> Could be. Sounds kind of awesome. Maybe unhygienic, but definitely awesome. <laughs> it's terribly unhygienic. Um, I do remember a time when I was in India, and I was uh, very bored at this resort, uh, staying over the weekend between work, and I started feeding the crows. They, all crows are everywhere in India, the giant black ones, and... I started feeding them pieces of granola bar that I had in my travel pack, and they all just gathered in this enormous flock, and then kept following me around, and I kept feeding them, and then later on, I went for a walk in the gardens and came back, and the crows saw me and recognized me, and I had my long black cloak on, and the crows swirled all around me, and there was this German family of tourists watching as the crows swirled around me in this whirlwind, and then took off, and as I walked up, they said, what? What what does this? Why were the birds, uh, the crows? And I said, it's just something I do, and walked on past. <laughs> Are you sure you went temporarily possessed by nightshade? Can she do things like that? I don't know. Anyone can really define the limits of her powers. I'm sure there's an amazing German word for woman with crows or something. There has to be. If there wasn't be. before, there probably is now because they went probably went back and told all their friends about what happened while they were on vacation. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably about 30 letters That's long. That's what I say, about 30 letters long, and it's mm-hmm. like woman, black crows, mysterious, something. But we want to do something here that I uh, introduced on social media and said we wanted to let people try to remember some of the good things about the year by giving out personal messages towards others in the community that are positive or inspiring and uh, we received a few to send out there for folks but we also want people to be able to phone in if you're near a telephone or some other communications device that vaguely resembles a telephone to phone in to us and uh, you can give out a special wish live on the air we just simply want them to be positive and no profanity and things like that and uh, I want to give a special wish out on behalf of the first person who responded to my request, uh, Kate Redman. And uh, she wanted me to read this out, and I will do it uh, right now. I, I thought I had something else I was going to say in there. So, so Kate's message is, Hey, for Christmas Day, I want to recognize my wife, Patty. In August 2018, it became apparent to me I was killing my relationships and killing myself. I could keep doing what I was doing. Within five to eight years, I'd be alone and dead. This month, that month, excuse me, I came out to my wife of 22 years as trans and told her I would go back into therapy and it was my intent to transition. Obviously, in that one conversation, I shattered her world, destroyed everything she thought she knew 
and change the rules of our relationship in a very fundamental way. The next 18 months were a real struggle, and I can't count the number of times we were one wrong word from separation. But somewhere, somehow, she found the faith to believe that everything would be all right, and we started working together to figure out how to keep living the life we built and imagine and explore what our future would look like. This year, 2021, I completed my legal transition and my medical transition. It was also the year of our 25th wedding anniversary, 22 years as husband and wife and three years as wife and wife. Patty, you are my soulmate and words can't describe how much I love you. Merry Christmas from Kate. Wow, that is amazing. It hits somewhat close to home too. And... Um, yeah, it sounds very familiar and to me as well. I'm so glad that you're making it together and still a team facing all the things that the world is throwing at you. And Merry Christmas to both of you. Yes, Merry Christmas to both of you from all of us. And our next message is one from F and Vaz. This one is Short and sweet, but well wishes from Julie. I hope the community has a chance to rediscover the rich performing arts community of KC, dance, theatre and music. And we talked to Julie a little bit about their message and they said that they'd been at the Nutcracker at the KC Ballet this year and they'd seen the general Kansas City community coming out for theatre and how much that meant to people to be able to do that again and how important the theatre and the arts are to people to be able to come together and to tell and share stories together again. That's um, not, sorry, no, go on. No, no, you go on. Okay, I was going to say that I personally find stories incredibly important for the whole of the LGBTQIA community because they help in our acceptance and understanding in the rest of society. Historically, in the media, we've often been the butt of jokes, but that's the first time people even heard of many members of the community or that we even existed. And then moving on from being the butt of jokes, we then became main characters and got our whole stories told, usually focusing on people coming out and tragic events around that. But now we're often just bit parts who happen to be in the story because we exist in the world and therefore we exist in the world of the characters that it's about, instead of it being just about those single facets of our existence where whole people accepted and integrated into the story. I think that Rachel probably takes to heart that wish for people to rediscover <laughs> the theater community very well. I do. It was it was amazing to sort of get back to theater again. I I did two shows this year that were the first shows in over 20 months at two theaters, one in Portland and then here at the Kansas City Rep and it was kind of amazing that first night to sit there and have that experience again it's like you you sort of forget what it's like to have a shared experience with two three hundred other people live and the fact that you're watching a thing that is being created right in front of you and literally anything can happen it's spontaneous it's live and you're all sharing that moment together and it's something that's really special and i kind of forgot which is weird because i've spent 25 years in this business but boy 20 months of without it it was kind of it was really heartwarming to come back to it again and realize that it was still there 
I, th I think that's really important. Um, I know that some of the uh, organisations around KC are doing dual casts. They're having live for people that want, are willing to be present in person and who want to share the experience, but they're also streaming it for people who want to buy tickets online that are still concerned about risk of infection and particularly with new variants out there. So there are lots of opportunities for people to partake in the arts and share that community. Yeah, that's we in Portland. That's what what we did. We had a special streaming version, which is, frankly, it's problematic for me as a tech person because you know you light the thing for the live audience and it looks very very different on camera. So it's, but I, I get it, and it is a cool thing that we can do that. And I think one of the things that happened in this pandemic was um, we realized that so many things can be more accessible to people. Um, via a virtual experience, whether it's Zoom or live streaming or whatever. Um, I think we also realized that live theater is best live in, in a theater and yes. not broadcast over Zoom. And we want to remind everyone out there that if you do want to call into our studio and give your own special well-wish out there to our millions of listeners <laughs> and, uh, throughout the entire area and as far as our 100,000-watt signal can reach, you can phone us at 816-931-5534. Now, another friend of ours had a message to uh, send out. Um, it may not seem obvious at first the connection, but to the kink community in Kansas City, wishing everyone a very safe, a very loving, and a very happy holiday time and really looking forward to everyone staying together as a family and you may wonder what is the connection the kink community i won't go into details so much because if you know if you're if you know what that means you know what that means but they are a very uh close-knit subgroup or community just like the lgbt community and there is a very large overlap between the community i would say at, at the dungeon uh, that uh, I frequent from time to time as a dom, uh, probably at least 75% of the hundreds and hundreds of members there are in the LGBTQI community. And you may wonder, why is that? Is that because we're all especially sick and twisted individuals? But oh, yes. No. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, that's not. No. It, one of the reasons is that the community is one built upon the concept of mutual respect mutual understanding and mutual i guess um i i don't know what the proper terms were acceptance and safety it is absolutely you wouldn't think that a dungeon so to speak is one of the safest places in kansas city but it really is because everyone there it takes tolerance acceptance it's not just tolerance because tolerance simply means Tolerance can mean a lot of things. Tolerance can simply mean I'm not going to immediately cause injury to you and, you know, I'm going to let you live your life or I'm not going to go out of my way to give extra opportunities. We need to talk about acceptance. We need to talk about welcoming. And that's what that community is. It does not matter your gender identity, your gender expression, your sexuality. None of it really matters when it comes down to it at all. Everyone is treated with the utmost of respect, and the very smallest amount of disrespect gets someone thrown out, ostracized. They are cut from the herd and sent to Coventry, as you would say. Which is more than happens at many of the gay clubs in the area. 
people can be horrifically abused there and the person is welcomed back with open arms for as long as their money lasts. So my both uh, Jackie's and Nightshade's well wishes directly to all the members of you out there in the kink community. And I'd like to also make a plea for acceptance from the LGBTQIA community for the kink community because so often the kink community has sheltered the LGBTQIA community <coughs> members and included them and protected them. And then every year when we're coming up on Pride, the same arguments erupt online about that the leather community shouldn't be taking part in the Pride Parade because won't somebody please think of the children? And yes, you should totally think of the children. They should know that there are options out there and that they're not alone and that they have choices. No one's going to be going out there in something that wouldn't be legal to be seen on the street for a pride parade and getting themselves arrested and causing a scene and harming the community. But they should be included without having to have stupid arguments every year saying we shouldn't have them. They're a shameful secret. Won't somebody please think of the children? <laughs> oh, maybe we should come up with a whole uh, line of uh, leatherwear at Baby Gap or something. Oh, that's a great idea. Preferably that's a million dollar idea. Preferably with some cooling built in, because if they're going to be wearing that in the summer, those things can get very warm. Indeed. Um, my, my friend Shannon just um, messaged me, actually, on Facebook. Um, oh, very good, Shannon. She's uh, a friend of mine from Baltimore. Um, she is very thankful for all of her uh, friends and her found family, which I think is an extension of what we were just talking about, and how important your chosen family and your found family is in this community. And... Um, Shannon is one of, of my chosen family. Her and a friend of mine, Sarah, were instrumental in helping me finally come out, actually. Um, December 22nd of uh, this year was my uh, fourth anniversary, um, and the day that I, I sort of mark as the day I chose to live. And before then, on Facebook, I was seeking out any kind of friends, anyone who would talk to me. And it's difficult when, you know, you're sort of this closeted trans person. I didn't have a profile picture because I was too embarrassed. And um, my friend Shannon and Sarah both sort of friended me and listened to me. And oh my gosh, I chatted endlessly to them to the point where um, my friend Sarah finally told me, she's like, you know what, I, I am pretty sure you're trans but I can't help you anymore. You need to see a therapist. And here's a list of therapists in Kansas City. And if you're too scared to call them, I will make the appointment for you. And that's what Chosen Family is. And that's what I'm really grateful for because those two in particular and then other folks that I've found along the way have absolutely helped me to thrive and to, to live, honestly. So thanks, Shannon. I think you had a message from a couple of other hosts of the uh, Tenth Voice. I do, but I was having a moment of silence uh, to let that uh, <laughs> message from Rachel resonate with everyone out there. I know everyone was terrified of silence on the radio, but sometimes it's necessary in st when you're telling stories and sharing messages. Oh, we'll just do a whole hour of silence. Ooh. We could. No, I wouldn't. I we wouldn't maybe want to be a, a part of it, though. You could have a show before it that teaches people how to meditate, and then say, "Now practice this in this next hour of silence." And to help Good. you time that silence, we'll still have a couple of station breaks. <laughs> Indeed. But uh, more seriously, the next well wish is from one of the other hosts of the Tenth Voice, 
So this one is coming from Michael Grayman Parkos, your host of Show People on the 10th Voice, wishing all of you happy holidays. Sending love to all of the listeners. Thank you for supporting KKFI. We love what we do and we appreciate you. See you all in 2022. That Michael has been a really fantastic uh, new host, one of several that uh, joined us over the last, it's been a year and um, three months since we uh, sort of rebooted the 10th Voice, hasn't it been? Yeah, it's been over a year since the reboot. We had, I started out with uh, Rachel, you and me, and uh, Inoru Wade, M.G. Salazar, and uh, I think that was the initial group, and then we added several others uh, to it as uh, time went on, and recently uh, T.J. Burton, and uh, we have uh, Star, excuse me, uh, I, I forgot their, what, I forgot their partner's name. I always forget their partner's name because they tend to just refer to them yeah. as the butch. Yes, that's so I didn't want to oh. just say the butch. But <laughs> yeah. They're awesome people, all of them, that we've had involved with the show, from the ones that have had to step away temporarily or for longer because of clashing commitments with work or college or health or anything. And we've with. loved everyone's contribution to the show and meeting them and all of their guests. And we've had a new uh, person start uh, last month, uh, Dante. And we, uh, yeah, everyone heard us interviewing Dante and them getting to talk about themselves and their story. And uh, we'll be welcoming them to the family and we will be discussing exactly the format of the show. So... Do stay tuned to this channel, because we want you to anyway, but because there are great and exciting new things coming up. Yeah, that's one of the cool things about this format, actually, is each week there is a new voice and a new member of the community to, you know, tell their story. And um, although each each one of us is different, certainly there is a commonality between sort of all of us. And um, we strive to try to cover all of these different voices. And it's really exciting. And I, I know I've learned a lot just being part of this and hearing all these voices and, and the different guests and things. It's been wonderful. Yeah, I, I can't imagine Saturdays without having another cool guest or even if I'm not able to attend, I will come into the station and I will grab the podcast live from the logger and get to listen to the whole thing uh, just because I don't want to miss it and miss any of the guests and the people that we've had because everyone that everyone finds come on here and share the stories is just so cool. <laughs> That's very true. It's terrible. Sometimes when I'm not actually part of a show and can't join the conversation, I'm sitting there going, but I associate so hard with that. I want to say something. <laughs> I can picture you sort of vibrating on your couch at home. It's like, I, I need to speak. Uh-huh. I've seen it live. Yes. <laughs> it's terrible when you're sitting there fangirling over a part of a show and going, but I need to say something. It's <laughs> very true. Fiona, who, what, do you have a special uh, thing? that you want to tell uh, or send out to someone out there, whoever it might be? I mostly just want to wish the whole community well and that people next year get to be themselves and to live their truth and to not be squashed and put down by society. And 
that, like Rachel, if they can't live their truth or they're afraid to, that they can find friends who can help them or can speak their truth for them if they're not able to do it themselves. Every year we have the Trans Day of Visibility and we have National Coming Out Day and I think a lot of people feel pressure that they've got to be visible on those days and that they've got to come out even if they're not out and even if they don't feel it will be safe for them, either physically safe, emotionally, mentally, or financially safe because they'll lose their jobs. And you don't have to be out there. You don't owe it to anyone to be anything other than you. There's a, a meme that goes around about uh, what should women over 50 wear and, or what should women over 50 not wear. And the thing that it says that women over 50 shouldn't wear is the weight of anyone else's expectations and that applies to the whole of the LGBTQIA plus community. You shouldn't have to wear the weight of anyone else's expectations. Nobody should be outing you because they think it would be better for you if you were out or because they want more community visibility. You should only have to be out if you want to be out. If you want to be deep stealth or never come out at all because you just feel safer that way, that is all that you owe to anyone just to be yourself and be true to yourself. You don't owe it to anyone else. So all I want is to wish that the community gets to be themselves. And I got a uh, I am here from a person I've known for about a couple of years or so. They don't even they, they they couldn't think of a pseudonym and they didn't want their name used because of where they work, but uh, they wanted to tell it's a little embarrassing because it, they wanted to thank me personally. But I think it's an, an interesting message. Otherwise, uh, they said, uh, I wanted to tell you personally, Una, how grateful I am to have met you and had you in my life because you have helped me try to understand my own gender identity. When you first met me, I was male. I'm, I'm using their terms uh, for this. Then later on, I didn't know what I was. Then I was female. Then I didn't know what I was. Then I was male again. And over the last two and a half years, you have always immediately respected my identity, my pronouns, the name that I chose to go by, even if it was just one name on Friday and one name on Saturday. You immediately, without question, without judgment, without making a joke, just naturally said, okay, this is your name for tonight. And you stepped in and stood up when other people did not respect me, my identity, and my own name. And now that I have found my identity and name at this point, I want to thank you for sticking by me and having complete and total acceptance the entire time as I was on my journey and being my big sister. Oh, that's wonderful. I know who this person is and I know that they have uh, actually just been approved for surgery and uh, I'm not going to say what type or anything because it's their business, but I know that they have found their path and... Uh, Whatever their path is on now, or if it changes in the future, it's all good. All you got to do is just give me a heads up for, you know, who you are that night. <laughs> and that's who you are in my heart. Yeah. And a lot of the trans uh, and non-binary community don't necessarily always understand that or follow that. Um, 
Yeah. I, I've been listening to an audio book recently, and it's set in 1954 in Chinatown in San Francisco, and there is a young lesbian Chinese girl who's coming to terms with her sexuality in it, and she goes to a club with one other girl from school, and at the club the first night, one of the uh, the women there looks at her friend and says that she loves seeing new baby butches and she just loves that energy <laughs> and seeing that happen. And it's the same with baby trans people and baby non-binary people. They might be just an egg, but uh, you can see what's going to come and there's all that promise and future and possibility just as a cloud around them. And it's kind of exciting. Yeah. I have a, <clears throat> I have a very good friend, uh, Robin, who I'm very thankful for, who um, sort of filled that role for me early on. She actually, she's one of the few friends I met um, as a new friend after I had decided I was trans. I was starting to transition, but I wasn't out yet. And she actually met me, um, still sort of in boy mode. I, I was deeply sort of closeted. Still, no one in you know my real life sort of knew about me yet. And she, uh, I reached out to her again on Facebook and I happened to be doing a show in her hometown and we went out for coffee and I was really nervous because, you know, online she sort of knew me as this girl and I was totally not presenting that way. And she just saw me from the moment we met, um, even though I was in this guise of, you know, this, this boy and, uh, you know, I had my old name and all of that stuff. She saw right through that and could actually see who I really was. And she was, had a front row seat to my whole transition. So, um, friends like that are, uh, amazing. Sort of like, sort of like you've been that friend, Una, to the, the person that just messaged to you. So I, I couldn't help but come up with a joke in my head about what, I wonder what's better, a front row seat or a backstage pass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. That may be too much of a double entendre. Yeah, I think so. She's well, we definitely have been talking about theater an awful lot. Yes, yes, of course. We can talk more about theater. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot in theater. But yeah, Robin was is she uh, is is very unique in that way. Except for my partner Margaret, she's one of the only folks who um, saw me uh, from the beginning and has and still sees me now. So, um, you know, and that's that's another thing I'm very thankful for my partner who. Um, from the moment I told her what was going on with me, she has stuck by me and has decided to try to make this thing work. And um, transitioning as a couple, especially we had been together for 14 years at the time, is extremely difficult. And it's a rare thing that um, couples stay together through this process, but it is possible. And in a lot of ways, we've, we've become much closer. So I'm very thankful for her and you know for her support because um honestly without her the closest you know i'm the closest to her than anyone in the world uh i probably you know wouldn't have been able to do this so yeah there's a lot to be thankful for um we're coming up on a break though so we should take our second break here and uh be right back after this and we are back on the 10th voice we are talking about what we are grateful for and thankful for here on this special christmas edition of trans talk i'm rachel we're here in the studio with una and fiona and uh we are soliciting messages from you and phone calls if you'd still like to call us you can call us at 816 931 
888-528-5534 and share your message on the air or off the air. I can relay it for you. Um, along those lines, my friend uh, Rachel, who lives <coughs> in the burbs of Seattle, uh, writes to me and says she has been out of work since the beginning of COVID. Um which has been very difficult for her. She is. Uh, she has a six-year-old daughter and and a wife, and uh, she knew that Christmas was going to be very difficult this year because not only has she been out of work, but you know benefits have run out, um, and so she knew that it was going to be di- difficult. But she was astonished um, about how her extended family and her friends have come through for her six-year-old daughters. Um, she has been showered with thoughtful gifts, and they are all very incredibly grateful. And she's being very humble because um, they had so many people bring stuff. Almost every other day, Rachel was was messaging me and, and telling me, it's like, oh my God, our neighbors just dropped by five more presents for Zoe. And um, these folks just brought us dinner, and um, it's kind of incredible. So that's Rachel from Seattle. That is really wonderful. Is Rachel one of the people that would um, listen to The Darkest Hours sometimes? Absolutely. Yep, she was part of our coast-to-coast audience in picking up the West Coast on Seattle. That's really wonderful. Yeah. I wanted to give a shout. There's so many people that I could thank, but I want to give just three really quick ones out there, um, if I could. First one is to... (coughs) Excuse me. First one is to uh, my friend uh, and sub Jackie for doing the dishes, which mean, meant so much after fixing Christmas dinner, which took a lot of my energy. And oftentimes when we have people over, in fact, nearly every time I am alone in the kitchen cleaning up an enormous pile of dishes and uh, no one even comes in. No one even sticks their head in to say, hey, uh, you okay? Or if they do, they'll just pop right out. But you came and you stayed and you made it so I had enough energy to keep on going that night and just did all the dishes with me and thank you. I want to also thank my friend Annie who uh, when I ordered a Christmas gift for uh, Fiona across the table and it came broken, you came over eagerly on your own sat and meticulously with your artistic skills fixed it and made it very special and wanted nothing in return and in fact gave me a gift on top of it too it was incredibly kind of you and the last shout out of three goes to the person I'll call Dark Sibling uh, who I've known for about three years who is now my life coach and really seriously my life coach who gave me such an incredible Um, session of warmth and positivity and power and strength this week when I was suffering from a very, very horrible setback from from over the weekend. And uh, that's all I'll say is I'll give a shout out to you and BPP and you know what that means, Dark Sibling. I hope to see you soon. (laughs) I'd like to thank Annie as well. I haven't seen the gift yet, so... Una is being very cruel, teasing me with mentions of it on air when I can't, haven't seen it because we were so busy getting ready for the radio today. Oh, so wait? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, it's, oh. Be, it's terrible. I've got this whole anticipation thing going on. 
<laughs> I have this thing where I have to wake Margaret up in the morning. I'm like, okay, this is enough sleeping. We need to open presents like right now. I, I yeah. used to, as a kid, be the waking up at 5 or 6 a.m. and dragging my mother out oh. of bed. And then in my teens, it flipped over. And one year, it was about 10 a.m. And my mother came upstairs looking very disgruntled and sort of dragged the covers off and said, we want to open our presents up now. <laughs> Get up. Exactly. So that was a brilliant start to my Christmas day with that attitude. Yeah. Did you ever try to sneak peeks at your gifts and stuff? Oh, one year I found all of them because oh my, my mother thought goodness. she'd been so clever. We had a spare wardrobe in the spare room and it didn't lead to Narnia, but <laughs> what the, it had a key and there were two wardrobes that were matching wardrobes and suddenly one day when I was in that room I noticed that the key was missing from the keyhole. So I was like... I bet it's an identical key with the other wardrobe. So I went into my mother's room and helped myself to the key from hers and unlocked the wardrobe and I'd read one of the books before Christmas Day. And then on Christmas Day, I had to fake being surprised and happy and excited because none of it was a surprise anymore and it was terrible. And I never looked for my presents after oh. that. Knowing you, I was expecting a story where you picked the lock or you planted like C4 around the door and had to blow it on. <laughs> But that might have damaged the presents. I mean, some presents are very sensitive to C4. True. You've got to be careful. I'd say most presents are sensitive to and C4. And Rachel, I think, had a story, too. Oh, I, I, I did something very similar. I, I knew that my folks had bought me a tape deck when I was, I don't know, in junior high or something. And I knew the box. And I actually snuck down in the middle of the night. I opened the box. I hooked it up upstairs and played it and was reading the manual until about four o'clock in the morning and then undid it all, put it back in the box and rewrapped it. That's hardcore. Um, it was hardcore, but I was so excited by it. And then I had to do the same thing. I was like, oh, you got me the thing. <laughs> I never wanted, <clears throat> excuse me, the suspense was such a huge part of Christmas that if somebody said, I have the most awesome gift for you ever. It's totally unwrapped and sitting on a table in this room. I would never enter that room until I had opened the gift. I would never, nobody ever had to hide things from me because I wouldn't peek. I, in fact, I, was, I would be so disappointed if I found out on accident. And that's the easiest way to keep me out of a room is oh, there may or may not be a gift in there for you. It's like, all right, that room doesn't exist anymore. It's the quantum room. The quantum, the quantum room. And you would leap room. straight over it. Well, maybe I was looking for the cat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, a special um, Christmas card I received from Fiona. <laughs> she sends a card from the pets every year to uh, me and signs it on their behalf because it's hard for them to hold the pen without opposable thumbs. But this year she dipped one paw of each of the dogs and the, the Siamese in ink in an ink pad and had and pressed their paw down on the card as a signature which she normally draws in their paw. And then she carefully cleaned off the ink so they wouldn't get injured. Well the Siamese did okay until it was time to clean the ink. And then he had other plans. And there's an enormous gouge across the uh, chest, so to speak, of Fiona that looks really dreadful. And that's what she went through just to make a card from the cat. If I had thought wow. quickly enough, I could have dipped my finger into the blood and then put my fingerprint in blood on the card and also joined in the... Uh, Imprints on the card, but I didn't think of it until way too late. <laughs> that, that would have been epic. Yeah, yeah. It, that would have been very metal. Very. That scratch is pretty metal. 
Yeah. Oh, goodness. I didn't realize it was a Christmas card incident. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah this morning. Oh, wow. Hey, watch the top. Don't pull. Your it's okay. <coughs> None of our listeners can see things. Okay, well, right. you're hard R right now. You're about to go cross over into something else. But anyways, <laughs> I'm not on. crossing over into anything. I don't see a bright light to go into or anything. It's PG-13. She's fine. <laughs> There's no blood. <laughs> yes. And no swearing and no violence. Exactly. Violence will happen safely at home, off camera. Yeah. I, I guess I'll just finish up. I, I know we wanted to play a song to uh, go out. Uh, it's a very special song, and we can talk about that in a bit. But I just wanted to say thank you all for listening to the Tenth Voice this year, every one of you out there. And uh, um, please keep the faith. There will probably be a lot of changes in this new year. And... Um, but that is part of life, I suppose, is constant change. I like to joke, I make a self-referential joke at work or sometimes in front of clients who know my backstory. I'll say no one knows more about change than I do. And um, sometimes it lands and sometimes it doesn't. So I'll just finish by saying thank you. Do you want to introduce this song? Um, Jamie Wilson song? I could. Okay, <laughs> sure. I wanted to play it. Uh, I guess Rachel's going to play us out here with a song by uh, Jamie Wilson, who is a uh, transgender man. Who there's something very unique about the song. You'll hear the song is a melody uh, with a uh, male and female voice. Uh, Jamie recorded half of the song using their female voice before they started testosterone treatment, and then after testosterone treatment, recorded the other half to form a self melody of both of their voices and they were very proud to show that and show that side of them to the world that it didn't really matter what their name was it didn't really matter what their voice was it didn't so it didn't matter what they looked like so many things in the world just don't really matter as much as we think they do what mattered was it was it was them and that's all that really mattered. Them, their truth, and the fact that they still love music and art. Yes. Yeah. This is Jamie Wilson, and everything is new. And thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of The Tenth Voice. We will see you all next year. Thank you so much. You are listening to 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. This Way Out is next.